Has anybody else missed sports like I have? Yeah, just raise your hand. I can see those hands everywhere. Um, I mean, we've already kind of, you know, lost the Masters and the Final Four. Today was supposed to be the Indy 500, and yet we're not able to participate in that. And the NBA uh, isn't sure if they're going to do anything. The MLB, the, the baseball teams are not sure. Uh, the NFL is hoping that we're ready for some football, but they're not so sure that's going to happen in the fall either. And so we're not so sure about our sports. But one sportscaster that I'm very sure of, he's one of my favorites, is a guy by the name of Marv Alberts. And I love his voice. And he has some signature kind of uh, phrases that he has. Now, one of them that I enjoy the most is after an NBA basketball player has a slam dunk or somebody has a great shot. And Marv Alberts will simply say this. He'll go, yes. (laughs) Isn't that great? Just a phrase like, yes, yes. Well, today... We are going to talk about this little word called yes. And we say this word a whole lot. And uh, we say it in our minds. We say it with our words. We say it with our actions. And last week, we talked about the word no and how it's important in a crisis. And today, we want to talk about the word yes and how it's important to be able to say in a crisis as well. Now, The scripture that we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, which Matthew is in the first half or the first first book of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And this is what Jesus said. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So whatever room you're in right now, if you would, I'd like you to just repeat after me uh, this verse on the count of three. One, two, three. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, why did Jesus say this? Why did he say this? Well, let me give you a little bit of context to this. He was talking to a whole bunch of religious kind of legalistic leaders called Pharisees. And they had devised this system of swearing. Now, I'm not talking about cussing, which some of you are prone to do. How many of you cuss a lot? Just raise your hand. Just choking. Don't raise your hand. But if you're in a room with other people, they know. Okay, they already know. But they developed this kind of, you know, system of swearing to kind of confuse people to say whatever they were going to say next was absolutely true. And so uh, these Pharisees, these religious leaders would say, well, I'm going to swear on God or I'm going to swear on Scripture or I'm going to swear on my family or I'm going to swear on Jerusalem. And when they would say this, it would kind of give this uh, perspective that what I'm saying is true. Now, we do this in our culture all the time. Sometimes what will happen is uh, we will say, you know, something like, I swear on a stack of Bibles or I swear on my mother's grave. And then we say, whatever is next is absolutely true. And the Pharisees did this just so that they could actually sidestep the truth by swearing on something that maybe wasn't true. 
And then Jesus stepped in and he said this. He said, hey, guys, he said, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't have to swear on anything. In other words, uh, he's saying that if you have a real relationship with God, your character should be true and noble. And when you say yes, you mean it. And when you say no, you mean it. And here is our big idea for this morning. And it's this. If I say the right yes, it will lead to great success. If I say the wrong yes, it could lead to a big honking mess. I bet you weren't going to think you were going to get the word honking this early in the morning. But this is what it is. Our, our big idea again. If I say the right yes, it will lead to a great success. If I say the wrong yes, it will lead to a big honking mess. You know, in our culture, we have many yes men and Yes, women. But many times when they say yes, it's just kind of an empty yes. I mean, they'll say yes until something else happens or they'll say yes just for the moment. And undoubtedly, uh, what happens is that many times, and you know some of these people, when they say yes, what they actually mean is maybe. Maybe I'll stay in this relationship until something better comes along. Maybe, just maybe, I'll stay with this employer unless they don't give me the raise that I want. Uh, Maybe I'll be with him or be with her as long as they keep making the same amount of money. And yet the truth is, what happens is, their yes really isn't a yes, it's simply a maybe. And so Jesus said, rather than saying maybes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now as we go through any crisis, what's really important is to be able to say yes to some relationships that you have in your life. I mean, when we're in a pandemic, when we're in a crisis, it's easy to ignore some of our relationships rather than to say yes to them. So who should we be saying yes to? Well, for starters, we should say yes to Jesus. You see, you and I were made in the image of God. And in the very beginning, God placed a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, in a garden And he said, yes, you can have anything you want in this garden, whatever you want to eat and enjoy and have a blast. Just be filled full of fun as you enjoy this garden. But there's this one tree that I don't want you to eat from. And Adam and Eve, do you remember what they said when God gave them this deal They could have everything except one thing, and they said, no, it's not enough. And they said, we want to be our own gods. We want to kind of be our God, and we're saying no to you, and we're saying yes to our selfishness. And human beings have been saying no to God ever since because they want their own way. But even in our disobedience, 
that we have chosen as a human race since that first garden experience, God said, I will still reach out to them with a yes. Listen to this amazing yes, maybe the most amazing yes that the world has ever known. It's found in John 3:16 and 17, and this is from the message translation, and this is what it says. This is how much God loved the world. He what? What's the next word? Yeah, gave. He gave his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all of the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to what? What's the next word? Yeah, help. To help put the world right again. In the beginning, God said yes And humankind said no, and God said, I'll give you a second chance, and he says yes again in Jesus. He sent his most precious gift, uh, flesh of his own flesh, to go to a cross and die upon it for our sins and our shame and our guilt and our mess-ups and our flub-ups and our screw-ups so that we would not have to carry them ourselves and we in turn got a clean slate i mean jesus didn't come pointing a finger like you know your your old ugly mean nasty math teacher that was like you know you're not enough you're not good enough you don't know your fractions pointing at you and saying you've messed up you've gone too far there is no redeeming value in you no he didn't say that He came with open hands to say, yes, come to me. He said, yes, everyone can be forgiven. Everyone can be loved. Everyone can have a second chance. I will accept everyone as is and then grow them to look more like me. And folks, I want you to know that at the heart of who God is, he is a yes God. But the question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes to his offer? Because I want you to know that many of you are just one yes away from having the most loving, blessing relationship you can have by choosing to say yes to Jesus. So we should say yes to Jesus. And then secondly, we should also say yes to his bride. We should say yes to the church. We should say yes to Christ's church. Have you ever been to a wedding before and when you first get there, the usher comes to you and says, uh, bride or groom side? I'm sure many of you have. And let's just kind of say that you know the groom really well. That's who you came to support. And so you say groom side. And so you get seated on the groom side. But, you know, you're not so happy with the bride. And so in that moment when the bride's at the end of the aisle and they're just kind of, you know, walking down, you stand up. 
you walk out as she's coming down for her big moment. You kind of give her a dirty look and you walk out of the church. Well, let me just ask you, if you did that, what do you think the response of the groom would be? I think it would be like this. Sit down, you big jerk. That's my bride. Well, I kind of think that Christianity today is one in which many people are saying yes to the groom, Jesus, but they say no to his bride. To his church. And I have a feeling that Jesus is not very happy with that. Just like no groom would ever be happy if you stood up and you walked away from his bride. In the same way, Jesus is not happy when people are choosing to walk away from his church. Now, I just want you to know, if you're watching this, the reality is you have chosen his bride on Memorial Day weekend. Many other people are off to the lakes and they're fishing. Maybe they're online, but maybe not. But if you're listening right now and you're watching this and you're a part of this, the truth is you have made a commitment to the bride of Christ. And let me just say that when we reopen. If you feel comfortable being able to come back and to be a part of live worship here in the Civic Theater, we invite you to come. And if you don't, it's okay. Watch on a live stream. We want you to do that. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Because the truth is, whether you're here or you're watching, you're making a commitment to the bride. Now, if you do come, I want to encourage you, why don't you volunteer for the bride? Uh, the wedding party needs some volunteers, and so we need you to help volunteer. So if you would, you can just go ahead and text volunteer to the number that's on the screen, and we would be so, so grateful. Now, Scripture says this, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Now, during this crisis, we have had to say no to meeting together as a corporate body because we want to keep people safe, we want to honor the government, and we want to love our neighbors. Now, this week, we were able to get our small groups back meeting. I hope all of you small groups are enjoying being able to connect together with the social distancing kind of uh, guidelines that we've received. But on June 21st, I want to encourage you to say yes, if you feel comfortable, to coming back and meeting together. But whether you join us on the live stream or you're here, I want you to know that you are gathering together, and it's so important. You see, many people get out of the habit on Sundays of simply being with God's people. And you need to make the jar a priority during this crisis, during this pandemic, until we get a vaccine, to say Sunday mornings I'm going to either be on the stream or I'm going to be there in a seat. Now, I know that every once in a while you're going to miss maybe a vacation, something comes up, you're not feeling well. I get that. So we want you, though, to make a commitment of a habit of doing this, that you would say yes to Christ's church. Now, 
why would you say yes? Well, you say yes to Jesus because you grow. You say yes to the church because you grow. But let me tell you one other reason why you should say yes to Christ's church, and it's this. What is going to happen to your life when the walls cave in? What happens when... You go through some struggle. What happens when some storm hits? What happens when something happens? I mean, we live in a fallen planet, folks, and bad things happen to good people all the time. Several years ago, I went to visit a guy in jail, and while I was waiting to go back uh, in the room to be able to talk to him across uh, the window, there was a jail chaplain uh, that was there and he introduced himself and we started talking and then he said, I want you to pray for one of our prosecutors. And I said, oh, he said this morning they were in a tragic accident so bad that the wife was actually lifeline to a regional hospital and he and his children were taken to a local hospital. And when he shared this with me, um, he said that he went that morning to go visit the prosecutor to see if he could help him. And when he walked into the emergency room, there was no one with him. There was no family. There was no neighbor. There was no co-worker. There was no church kind of family that was there. He was all alone and his children were in other rooms. His wife was at another regional hospital and nobody was there to be able to reach out to her as well. And I will never forget the chaplain looking in my face and saying this, Chris, he had no one. Absolutely no one was there. I was the only person who ever even came to visit him during that whole trial. Folks, I want to ask you this morning a question. Who are you going to count on when you go through a tough time? When you get that call in the middle of the night, when you have that setback, when you end up in the middle of a gigantic storm, who are you going to call on? You see, the thing about Christianity is that Christians are actually mandated to care for other people. They're actually called to put other people above themselves. They're actually called to encourage, to lift up, to do whatever it takes to build you up, even if it costs them something. So it's important for you to say yes to the church because the church will be there at your darkest times. So we say yes to Jesus we say yes to the church, and now I want us to look at marriage for just a moment. Because I have a feeling that many of you uh, during this crisis have struggled a little bit maybe with your marriage, being able to say yes to your spouse. So first of all, let me talk to the husbands. Husbands should say yes to their wives. Husbands should say yes to their wives. Now, you don't have to say yes to her maxing out the credit cards, okay? I'm not talking about that. But you should say yes to her needs. You should actually put her needs 
above your own. You should be willing to actually give your one and only life to her. So, husbands, let me ask you this question. When have you said yes lately to your wife? I mean, do you say yes to romance? Do you say yes to non-sexual touches? Do you say yes to a date night? Husbands, the truth is, is that you and I need to date our wives. And in this crisis, in this pandemic, it's one of the first things that we kind of let go. And, and let me just tell you guys, uh, dating your wife is not going and taking a picture of your bedroom and saying, hey, babe, uh, stud muffin here, uh, see you tonight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being creative and thinking outside the box of how you can love and honor your wife in a great way. Typically on Mother's Day, uh, I do not kind of plan ahead. But this year, I knew it would be hard because of the crisis we're in, so I planned ahead. And I actually wrote kind of uh, a card uh, that was actually read not only to Jen, but with my girls there as well, of what I value and honor in my wife. And I stood up and I read it, and at the end of it, you know, Jen was just crying. And later that night, my, my oldest daughter, Jordan, came up and said, Dad, you did good. Now, many times, I don't always think of how I can date or love or honor her, but in that moment, I did. And guys, you and I have to be more creative to know how to date our wives and to care for them. Guys, I just want you to see right now that what you use to build a relationship with your wife is what you need to use to keep her. I mean, we get married and our wives are kind of waiting for the romance. And when we first get married, it's like off the chain and we're putting their needs above us and everything's going great and we're loving them in such an incredible way. But then all of a sudden, we kind of put our retired jersey of romance on the wall. We get out the lazy boy and we start watching ESPN or something else. And believe me, I know because there was a season of my life, it was the lazy boy that I was honoring and caring for. And I was unkept and I was a stinky husband in my chair. And, you know, it wasn't very much of me showing, yes, I love you by saying, hey, babe, can you go get me a glass of water? Uh, Guys, we've got to change that because this is what I believe. So goes your marriage, so goes your family. So goes your family, so goes our community. So goes our community, so goes our state. So goes our state, so goes our nation. So goes our nation, so goes our world. And you can be a world changer, husbands. And it all starts with your marriage. And fellas... Let me just say this. You need to invest more than what you're investing right now. You need to invest and to place your marriage as the forefront of your family. Now, 
some of you might say, okay, Chris, I want to do that. Um, how do I do that? What does scripture say about this? Well, this is the call to husbands. Husbands, love your wives just, guys, what's the next word? What is it? Yeah, as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself up for her. So guys, this is what I'm saying here. I'm saying, get your as in gear. Now, some of you heard something else and get those bad things out of your mind, okay? Some of you thought I said something else. Where's your mind? Husbands, you need to love your wives as Christ loved the church in which he was willing to give up his one and only life for her. So husbands, say yes to your wives. Okay, how about you wives? Well, wives should say yes to their husbands. Uh, Wives, this is what I want you to know. We are weak. We're pitiful as men, as husbands. I mean, guys might walk around and they think they're all big and bad and I'm tough and I got it all. But the truth is, is that we're just sensitive. We're just very, very, very sensitive kind of people. Ladies, your husbands want you to affirm them. They want you every once in a while to kind of put them on a pedestal and to say, you the man, you're awesome. Babe, I love you so much because the truth is, folks, we are just weak as men. Uh, Women are so much stronger than we are. We're just sensitive. We're just very, very, very sensitive kind of people. You know, uh, Jen and I have the opportunity to hang out with a lot of different married couples. And many times when we're at a dinner, I'll see wives just torch their husbands in public. I mean, it's like, put them in the grease. And then all of a sudden it's like. And I look at the guy and I'm like, dude, are you okay? Uh, You know, are you okay? And I'm like trying to apply first aid and, and they're like that. And then the wife is like, and Chris, you should tell him. And Jen, what do you think about this? And ladies, let me just tell you, don't do that. He ain't going to change that way. Not by torching him. Now, wives, I also know that you're often tempted to put your children in the center of your world. I mean, maybe your husband is all about his career and he's gone all the time, or when he does come, you know, has a tendency to go out in the garage and be by himself, and he's over there, and you're over here with the kids, and you kind of put your kids on a pedestal. And believe me, once kids are in the center spotlight, it is very, very hard for you to ever move beyond that. They will not give up that place very easy. So wives, if you want to be a great mom, all of you wives who are mothers, if you want to be a great mom, have a great marriage. If you want to be a great mom, it begins by having a great marriage. Because the only way that your kids are ever going to learn about marriage is by actually watching how you treat your husband. 
Wives, say yes to your husbands. And you say, well, well, what does Scripture talk about? How should I do that? Well, Scripture is very clear. It says this. A wife should put her husband first as she does the Lord. So husbands, say yes to your wives. And wives, say yes to your husbands. Now, probably half of you watching right now are like, I'm not a husband. I'm not a wife. I'm single. And so from the great theologian, Beyonce, uh, all the single people, all the single people, all the single people, all the single people, okay? I'm not going to dance, but now, okay, I'm talking to you, all the single people. And who do you need to say yes to? And it's this. Singles say yes to spouse selection God's way. Say yes to spouse selection God's way. Scripture says this, do not be bound together with unbelievers. Now, this is not saying you can't have friendships, you can't have connections. That's our whole point, is we should be reaching out to people who are far from God to let them know that they're loved, they're cared for, and to invite them. But when it comes to relationships, singles you need to choose wisely. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, it stinks to be single. And so what you'll do is sometimes you'll lower your expectation to something that, you know, typically you would not do so, but you do so. And some of you are actually living with somebody, and the truth is they're a virus. They don't build you up. They just take things away. They never kind of encourage you. And God is not on their radar And they're not even sure they ever plan for it to be. So my question to you is, why are you still in the relationship? I mean, why are you still in it? Because no matter how hard you try, the likelihood of that thing turning around is slim and none. I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the reality is, is that you can fall in love with the wrong person. You can. Uh, I fell in love with the wrong person in college. I was just so grateful that it didn't go towards marriage. So all of you who are single and you're Christian, this is what I know about you. Your worldview is Jesus is Lord. And if you're with someone that does not share that same worldview, their worldview as an unbeliever is the world. And now, the problem is, is that many of you are sitting there and you're like, man, Chris, that's kind of rough. And you're struggling to say what, I love them so much. And you start thinking to yourself, I can change this person. Uh, They need me. I can tweak them. Uh, I can be able to turn it all around. He only has a little anger problem. She only has a little drug problem. You know, he only has a little porn problem. I can change them. I can change this person. No, you can't. You can't change them. Only God can change them. So until they're willing to say yes to God, then you don't say, I do. 
Because if you go into a marriage with two different blueprints of how you're going to do this relationship, communication is going to be a struggle. It's going to be so difficult. It'll be a disaster. And reconciliation, when it doesn't go well, will be extremely difficult. Now, God didn't give you single people this perspective because he wants to hurt you. He gave this perspective because he wants to protect you, because he loves you. So singles, wait for marriage until the person is on the same page with you spiritually. And if not, this is what I want some of you singles to know. That the truth is, is that there are other fish in the sea. And if you'll kind of walk away from that, that may not be your best. God just might have his best for you with someone else who honors God in that plan. So singles, say yes to spouse selection God's way. Now, just a moment of honesty for every single one of you, wherever you're at. Which of these five areas have you been neglecting or avoiding or ignoring? I mean, when you think about it right now, who do you need to say yes to? Who have you been feeling a prompting from God to say yes to? Is it Jesus? Is it the church? Is it if you're a husband, your wife? If you're a wife, your husband? If you're single, to, you know, spouse selection, God's way. Has God been prompting you to say yes and to change a relationship? But you've just been saying no and you've been ignoring it. And so this is the way we're going to close. I'm asking right now that Holy Spirit, that you would come in every single room, anyone who's watching, and would you place it upon the person to be able to select one of these five areas that they're going to say yes to. So which one have maybe you been neglecting, ignoring, or avoiding? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for saying yes to us. Even when we say no, you sent your one and only son to forgive us of all of our sins. Thank you, God, for giving us that relationship with your son. And a relationship that says, I will never walk away from you. God, would you help us today to renew our relationship with the church? Help each husband to say yes to their wives. Help each wife to say yes to their husbands. And God, help each single person watching, as difficult as it may be, to you to be in a relationship with a Christ follower and say yes to doing a relationship your way. Now, maybe you're sitting there right now and the truth is you have never said yes to God. You've never said, yes, God, I want you in my life. But today, the truth is you're like, you mean he'll walk with me forever, Chris? Yes, on this side of heaven and in heaven, he'll always be with you. And so today, if you're ready to say to the 
say the biggest yes of your life to the one who knows you, who loves you, who has great plans for you. If you're ready to say, I need your forgiveness, God. I need your love. I need a fresh start. I want to say yes to you. If that's you, if you're ready to do that, I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. And it's not just your prayer, but there are hundreds of people that are praying with you, that are saying yes with you. And so I invite you right now to simply repeat this prayer after me as you give your yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gift of love. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, follow you, and serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Here is my life, God. I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you said that prayer for the very first time, I want you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you. And if you would, just kind of tap that raise hand on the chat and uh, someone will connect with you. Or you can go to the jar slash accept and we can connect with you that way. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray with you. Just let one of our hosts know. Also, uh, when we come back, if you'd like to volunteer, just go ahead and text volunteer uh, to the number that you'll see. And uh, you can be a part of that also. I just want you to know. Thank you so much for how generous you've been and for the giving that you've given to us. I hope you're having a great Memorial Day weekend. Know that you're loved in whatever room you're in. And know that we're praying for you. And I will see you next week. Talk to you next week, everybody.